stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship. Behold, God is doing a new thing. The Holy One who created heaven and earth is forming us afresh today. Amen.
Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church. It's good to see everyone here. Those that are our guests, especially, we want to say, uh, extend a welcome to you. But those who are members, too, we want you to know that it's good to gather in the house of the Lord today. We would ask that everyone uh, here take the blue booklet at the end of each pew and write your name in it. That way we would have a record of your attendance here with us. And maybe there's something else you would like to share with us about um, you or your any of that information that's asked for there in the book. Southside Baptist Church is a church in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And so as you came in today, we trust that you've been warmly received and that uh, you will give us an opportunity later to do that as well, both as we extend and uh, greet one another with the peace of Christ, but also as we share together in a brief reception in the narthex at the conclusion of worship today. It's good to be here and to worship the one true and living God. Would you take time now to pass the peace of Christ to those that are near you? Kingdom Come, which is one of his, one of his uh, uh, themes, the theme of hope. And as always, we are glad to see the welcoming of one another. Uh, in the worship service. It's great to see uh, regular faces and not so regular faces uh, here with us today. Uh, you will have noticed, of course, that um, the theme of the service today, Pathway of Prayer, Hope, uh, is related to that part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, Thy Kingdom Come. So you'll get a lot of uh, portions of Thy Kingdom Come. In fact, you will see even in the, the hymn that we'll sing in just a few moments, the third stanza is the, the stanza that features that idea, your kingdom come around and through and in me. Um, before we uh, go to prayer, though, I would like to mention that as, as we've been doing, we've been featuring various settings of our Father, which art in heaven. Uh, today is possibly the one that more of you Abba Yetu here with than others uh, it is a setting uh, Baba Yetu uh, in Swahili now just by way of introduction uh, let it not be said that secular influences uh, influencing the church uh, cannot be put to good use this was originally written as a soundtrack for a uh, for a video game for a, <laughs> a digital game called Civilization uh, and has made the rounds with many choruses and uh, uh, 
those who are interested in singing uh, a, a, a fairly uh, uh, lively setting. We'll be uh, enjoying Toure Pruitt's soloing uh, on that. I am um, looking forward to uh, beating a drum myself and having a couple of our other folks uh, participate with uh, a couple of other instruments. We don't have the guitars out here today like we did last time, uh, but nonetheless, it is good. And just so that you can test yourself on your Swahili, we have printed the Swahili of Our Father Which Art in Heaven. In the, in the uh, worship order, we're assuming that you know it uh, in English by heart and therefore can follow along without having it printed beside. Uh, nonetheless, it is a great day to be in the, in the house of the Lord to worship. May we go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, which indeed art in heaven, but also art in all of us, we thank you for the thought of your kingdom coming both in and around and through us. We ask that you may empower us during this time as we listen, as we participate, as we sing, as we pray, as we worship, to find those ways to help your kingdom come in a needy world this week and in the days yet to be. Amen. May we stand as we sing hymn number 680. You'll know it as uh, Be Still My Soul. The tune is Finlandia, uh, but the words are so marvelous that uh, uh, you need to center on them.
first scripture lesson is Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captive to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Here ends our first lesson of scripture. Our second reading is from the Gospel, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, and reading from verse 25 through verse 33. In honor of the Gospel, if you're able, will you stand for the reading? The words of Jesus. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, but about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the fields, lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord.
Today, as we think about our lesson for our children's time, we want to go back to what uh, Dr. Roxburgh just read. And we're going to think about it, but I want, hopefully, this will help you understand some of that. I want to show you this. Uh oh, turned over. Okay. Now, I want you to get where you get around where you can see this, if you will. Can you come over closer so you can see it? All right. Um, what do you see there? Hang, hang on a second. So you can talk. What do you see, Millicent? All right. What is that? All just a flower? Do you see any colors there? Anything particular about it? So purple, yellow in the middle, and green leaves. Right. And. You know, we think about it, I don't think we can make anything that pretty, could we? We couldn't make it in our own, probably, if we tried and tried and tried. But what does it come from? Where does this come from? Well, what do you think? You don't know? God has made them, right? And we just read here that, well, they come through creation, God has made all these things that are beautiful, that are that we are able to see and enjoy. And he says that, you know, they don't worry about anything, but they trust. There's a there's just a reality that they don't have to worry, but they're beautiful. Like you're also, and you're all all of you in your ways are beautiful, in your own ways. You have the ability to relate to God and God to care for you and God to know what you need. So what, Abigail, what do you think? You like it? It's, a, it's just a, a small African violet, but it has all these colors, and we're reminded that God has the ability to create things that we can only imagine. In fact, we can't even imagine all the things that God can create because God is all-powerful and, and has creative abilities that we can only wonder so when we think about the beauty of flowers like this, or you go outside and you see the blue skies, we can trust that God, who has made all that is, is also going to care for us too. And that we can hold on to. And he says to seek him, to look for God. For he's around us, yeah, green leaves, they have a little sort of fluffy feel to them, velvety. Mm -hmm. So let's offer a prayer, giving God thanks for the beauty that we see in things like these flowers, the beauty I see in each of you as I look into your eyes, and all the folks out there as we look out there at all of them, and we see God has made them too, to have the uniqueness that they are, but also to know that God cares for every person that's here. Okay? Lord, we thank you for the promise of your presence with us, and a reminder that you care for us even when we don't realize that you're there that you will provide for our needs. May we look to you, and may we honor you in all that we do. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's see if there's a couple things in here.
invite you to join me as we bring our intercessory prayers before God this morning. One way of doing that is that uh, three times during the prayers, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, and I invite you to respond by, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Before we pray. Gracious God, you're the creator of all things. You have brought your kingdom into this world through the coming of your son, the Lord Jesus. And as we think about what he came to proclaim, we pray this morning, your kingdom come. We pray for the coming of your kingdom in the town in which we live. It's not difficult to notice the needs of those around us. And we bring them for you, before you this morning. We pray for those who are homeless as they hope to find secure and safe accommodation to call home. For those who are lonely, not knowing when a friendly voice will reach into their lives and break the silence of their day. For those who are hungry, waiting for a meal that will end their cravings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. As we live in an unsettled world where angry voices of division rise rapidly, and it is not always obvious or clear that nations are willing or prepared to speak to each other or to find pathways to peace. We pray for our own government, our own country, as it continues to face the challenges of a changing world, not only here, but also in different parts of the globe. We pray for world leaders. We pray that they may search for a common language and a willingness to learn from each other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for our own faith communities and ourselves here at Southside for times when we struggle with each other and within ourselves. We pray for the shared life of our community that we might share the sorrows and the pains of faith as well as the celebration for each individual who forms our community. That each of us may find the presence of Christ in and through one another and we may know your help and your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And as our prayers are never at an end, may we recall the prayers and lives of those who have made the faithful journey and now take their final rest in the dwelling place of your heart. May their demonstration of your love and their life inspire us to allow your spirit to lead us bravely to new opportunities to be your people and to see your kingdom come within us and around us and in other people. Hear all these prayers offered in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray with confidence and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
version of the Lord's Prayer in Swahili reminds us that we're part of an international family, that the kingdom of God is not restricted to any one area of the world. It's broad, it's wide. I was thinking of various people who graduated with me, oh, more than 40 years ago from London School of Theology, thinking of one who is in Hong Kong, another who is in Singapore, uh, one who is in South Africa, and here I am over in North America, representing the kingdom of God, which Jesus said was like a, a mustard seed that is planted in the ground, and it grows and it expands. And it grows not just in one area, but it expands to different areas of the world. And at the heart of the, the message of Jesus was this message of the, the kingdom of God and its coming. The kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God is with you. The kingdom of God is here, but it's not in all its fullness. And so we pray, your kingdom come. Matthew's gospel speaks a lot about the kingdom of God. Recognizes that the scene of contending forces within our world is one that Jesus came to deliver people from. Jesus had to wrestle himself with the power of sin and evil, fasting and praying to overcome temptation. And so to pray God's kingdom is to pray that the will of God might be done more and more, that God's power will release people over the forces that destroy, that his power to redeem will bring release from bondage. To realize that when we pray your kingdom come, we're not only praying for the kingdom of God to come in our individual lives, because sin is not just personal, it's systemic. And so we're praying for the kingdom of God to come more and more in this world, the world that God created, the world that God sent his son to redeem. In the Bible, God is proclaimed over and over and over again as the king, not only of Israel, but according to the Psalms, he is the king of all the earth. And so we pray, your kingdom come, and thus we're hoping and asking for the pervasive dominion of God across the globe. It's an audacious prayer. Hope is something that we pray for, and we pray in hope. So when Jesus entered his ministry, he declared the kingdom of God is among you, and it comes through his coming. It comes through his ministry, the ministry of the one who, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the one who was enthroned through crucifixion, receiving a kingdom characterized by sacrifice. The kingdom of God is present in and through Jesus, but it is also coming and is not yet what it will be. And so we pray, your kingdom come. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom. He launched it. But the beginning of the reality is not the end of all things. And so we still wait and we work and we pray for the final consummation and the full expression of the kingdom of God. That day to come when, according to the scriptures, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and his Christ and he will reign forever and forever. Not only audacious, at times, it seems impossible. Remember Lewis Carroll's Alice Through the Looking Glass? There's that wonderful little phrase about believing in six impossible things before breakfast. I don't know if I have many thoughts before breakfast. Six impossible things. Well, sometimes prayer looks like that. 
It's a variation, I suppose, of waiting, waiting for things all our lives. Do you remember waiting to be old enough to go to school, waiting to ride the bicycle, waiting to get a driver's license, waiting to graduate, waiting to land a job, meet the right person. We wait for a promotion, a raise. We wait for success. We wait to hear the response of that application for college or grad school. We wait and we wait. In Scotland, we wait just in case Scotland might reach the, fi reach the finals of the World Cup. <laughs> we wait and we pray. I invite you to join me in prayer. We wait and it's difficult. Over the last two days, I was phoning a particular company uh, and I was surprised that when I got through, well, I wasn't surprised in one sense that I got an answering machine, but I got this delightful voice that said to me, an associate will be with you momentarily. It excited me, the idea that it was only going to be a momentary wait that I would have. Problem was that this announcement came every 45 seconds. You say, how do you know that? I watched, I took notes. After 45 minutes and Friday, I gave up. But I was up early yesterday morning and I tried again, once again. And then a few momentarily, 22 minutes, and she answered. And then after I explained what I wanted, she says, I'm just going to put you in hold for a minute. And I wanted to say, no, no, no. And a few minutes later, she came, having resolved my question. Barbara Bound Taylor says that waiting focuses your attention. You cannot hear or see anything else. Lying in bed at night, unable to sleep. Why? Because your teenager is out and they're back later than they said they would be. You're listening for the sound of the car, for the back door opening. It literally, Barbara Brown Taylor says, shuts everything else out of your mind. When we're praying your kingdom come, and we're wondering when it's actually going to come, we're concentrating our thinking and our prayers. But we're still not good at waiting. The late Henry Nguyen, a Dutch priest and theologian who lived and taught in the United States until he died was a, a very astute observer of American culture. He wrote, waiting is not very popular. In fact, most people consider waiting to be a waste of time. The culture says, get going, do something. Don't just sit there and wait. But we do wait. We sometimes wait with frustration, even with God. There's a remarkable passage in the book of Revelation where the people of God are looking at all the, the sin and evil around them in the world and they, they suddenly can't contain themselves any longer. And so they pray and they say, how long, O Lord? In other words, when are you going to do something about it? To pray your kingdom come is sometimes to pray with impatience. It's sometimes to pray that God might come and intervene. So we wait and we pray for the greater fulfillment of the kingdom of God. We wait for a world as God intended it. A world characterized by justice and peace. A world where people would be secure. A world where little children will not be shot in the streets. A world where a traffic stop will not be determined by the color of your skin. Where people do not die for lack of health care. A world where weapons are transformed into farm implements. A world characterized much more by kindness and compassion and love. We wait and we pray. We wait and we pray and we work for the values of the kingdom, asking that we might contribute 
to its coming. Yet at times, it seems impossible. In children's letters to God, now with more than 1.2 million copies in print, we have a series of letters to God. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy, Joyce. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own room. It worked with my brother. Love, Larry. Dear God, are you real? Some people don't believe it. If you are, you better do something quick. Love, Harriet Anne. Ever prayed a prayer like that? If we're honest, praying your kingdom come can be difficult. Seems impossible. Prayer never dismisses our doubts, our fears, our questions. Nicholas Walterstorff, a Yale professor of philosophy, a Christian lost his 25-year-old son, Eric, in a mountain climbing accident and wrote in his book, Lament for a Son, to the most agonized question I have ever asked, I do not know the answer. I do not know why God would watch him fall. And so we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Let not sin and evil triumph in the world. Let not suffering be the last answer in our lives. We yearn, we yearn for certainty, not just when things are going difficult, but we yearn for certainty during the good times as well. We yearn to know that God's there, that God cares. It's a yearning that keeps within us a deep longing for God to act. And to pray your kingdom come is to pray in hope, not with cynicism, but in hope. To believe that God will act, that God will come down. Not by an act of violently tearing apart, but in the same way he did years ago when Jesus came. In a gentle, quiet way, in the birth of a son, a child, God comes. In a gentle but strong young man, a man who will teach the most astonishing of things, that it's better to forgive than to take revenge. That it's better, happier indeed, to give than to receive. That it's far better thing to love than to hate, to give our lives away. To pray your kingdom come is to receive the message about the kingdom, about living differently. As Paul said, the kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But that's difficult. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, poignantly and intensely, in the last weeks of his life was in a Nazi jail cell waiting for execution. Wondering, I'm sure, how a good and gracious God could allow it. Why a loving God didn't or couldn't do something about it. He wrote letters from prison. In one of them he said, God lets himself be pushed out of the world onto the cross. He is weak and powerless in the world. And this is precisely the way, the only way in which he is with us and helps us. Only a suffering God can help. Where your kingdom come is to recognize that the way of discipleship is the way of offering our lives for the sake of others and for the sake of God. Seeking the kingdom of God before our own desires. It reminds us that there's a cost. It's the cost of our Savior who walked into and he walked out of the Garden of Gethsemane. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he's struggling with the will of God, he finally says, not my will, but yours be done. When we pray, really pray, your kingdom come, we, we not only pray it in hope, we pray it with a commitment to commit our lives to seek the coming of the kingdom 
not only to pray, but to work for that coming kingdom. And when we ask ourselves, well, what does it involve, this coming kingdom? We may look to the prophecy of Micah and hear him say, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly, standing with your God. That's a powerful prayer. That's a powerful way of understanding what God wants of our lives. And so we live as citizens of this world, but primarily as citizens of the kingdom of God. We never, I hope, identify God's kingdom with any particular kingdom of this earth. We rather see the kingdom of God working in these kingdoms and hoping to see his will being done in what we do in our daily lives. So to pray this prayer is to pray in hope, not with cynicism. To pray this prayer doesn't mean that we're always people of doom and gloom. Indeed, the opposite is the case. We are realists, but we're people of hope, and so we have a party each week. We call it worship. You ever thought of worship like that, a party? Jesus likens it to a meal, a banquet to which all are welcome. A reminder that in the kingdom of God, or rather in the kingdoms of this world where people discriminate on the basis of race, gender, sexual identity, the kingdom of God is one that says, come, for all things are now ready. And so we live hopefully tomorrow, whatever that may hold. New students at Samford University, three new classes, <laughs> the joy of doing what you love and being paid for it. We face another week of difficult circumstances, of difficult decisions. We're living in a fallen yet being redeemed world. So we go to our homes, our schools, our committee meetings, our decision taking. and We pray that signs of the coming kingdom might be more and more evident. We pray and we hope and we work and we seek to reclaim a little bit of territory for the kingdom of God. And we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to the time of trial, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Join me, will you, in responding to a call of God to have hope and kingdom life. By singing 262, I love thy kingdom, Lord. 262.
Please bow your heads. Father, we are here this morning in your house to study your word and apply it in our own lives. We are grateful for our blessings, some of which we take for granted. We woke up this morning. We might have taken that for granted. We had food to eat. We locked our front door and we got in our car and it actually started. We sometimes take that for granted. We know that we are deeply blessed. Please accept our tithes and offerings to support your church and further your kingdom, a small sacrifice for us compared to the sacrifice our Savior made. Please remind us always to let your power and glory shine through us and to be generous in our gifts. Amen.
loving Lord, we bring these tithes and offerings into this house to present them to you. We do so asking that you would bless them and multiply them and that they would be used for your kingdom's work. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Can we be seated for just a second, please? And we'll make this momentarily. We will only be seated momentarily and then we will have you out. So the, um, but I did want to make two or three announcements. One is we want to welcome all those who are guests today. Some students are back here in town. We want to welcome you especially. But there are other guests here too. And we do have a little reception there in the Northex, some lemonade and cookies. And we'd love for you to hang around long enough for us to greet you and give you a Southside welcome. Uh, also, the uh, events in, of the week, you'll see those in the calendar uh, listed there. The um, Wednesday night activities especially. I uh, hope that you'll come and be a part of that. And then on Thursday, the two events, the men's uh, Bible study and also the communion service at 530. I did want to make uh, one special announcement. There are two of our uh, Martinson scholars that are here. That'll be the last time that you're with us. And so we want to um, recognize you if you'd stand up. Siobhan Russell. Most of you know Siobhan on, the, on your left and also Mallory here on, uh, standing beside her. And then uh, Bo Boudra, who is not with us today, has also uh, been with us before, I guess, two, most of two plus years, right? In some cases, three. So we're, we're delighted that you've been a part of our life of our church here, and we do hope and trust that things will go well as you have completed your education but move on into some other uh, endeavor in life. So thank you for being a part of us here. Before we go uh, out, take uh, time to greet those that you have not had a chance to greet already. And we trust that uh, this week will be one in which you are blessed, but also that we will have opportunity to bless others too. Go, we know that God is with us. The God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will strengthen and renew us day by day as we pray your kingdom come. Yeah.